Hey there, my name is Michael Martinez, and you are listening to The 20s Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to The 20s Podcast. I am here with Allison Roldan, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. So, Allison, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us how old you are, some fast fun facts, what's going on in your life right now. Uh, You know, this is kind of like a first date between you and the 20s podcast. So just give a little background information to who you are. Hi, everybody. You know, as Michael said, my name is Allison. And I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you, Michael, for having me on this show. I actually had you on my podcast a basically a year ago at this point. So it's exciting to see you in your own ventures of this podcasting world. So a fellow podcaster. Um, (laughs) And for everyone listening, my name again is Allison, but people call me Allie. So please call me Allie. And um, I am a podcaster. Like I just mentioned, I have a quick five minute daily devotional. And I also am a business owner. I own a bakery um, that just recently launched full-time. It's now my full-time gig, which is awesome. It's been my my life's dream come true. And I am 28. Like, you know, you just asked. I am in my <laughs> 20s. And yeah, that's pretty much, you know, the overview of what I'm doing right now. But I'm sure there's a lot more that we're going to dig into because there are layers to these last couple of years of my yeah. life. Absolutely. And when you talk about your 20s, that's a good way to describe them. There's a lot of layers to your 20s. And it feels like there's different seasons, different moments, things are changing so fast, new ventures, new journeys. And because of that, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. And I have to shout out your podcast too, because when you had me on, it was just so exciting. You know, we hopped up on a Zoom and I shared for just a couple of minutes. It's a great morning devotional podcast, but it made me think, wow, I I like these kinds of things. I like talking in the mic. I like encouraging people. And so being on your podcast is one of the things that inspired me to start mine. So it's really nice to have you on. And I can't wait to talk about your journey because as we were saying before we started recording, you have a lot going on in your life. So let's unpack some of those layers. What has your life been like in your 20s these last couple of years? What are some big moments, some big mile markers, some things that you want to share with people who are also in their 20s when you look at your journey? You mentioned that there's layers. So let's start peeling some of those back. Okay, perfect. So, you know, the last couple of years, they're my late 20s. I'm already 28. I turned 28 last week. It was my birthday last Wednesday. And for the first time, in maybe five or six years, I did not cry on my birthday, which was a great win. Um, I normally cry on my birthday because I felt like in my early 20s, I had all of these dreams and aspirations. And I Mm. felt like nothing was happening or things weren't coming together. And I didn't see the work that was being done, or the seeds that were being sown at that time. Um, And because I wasn't seeing the fruit of those, I would really get really sad on my birthday. You know, I'm 24 and nothing's happening. I haven't mm-hmm. met, you know, I, well, I'm 23 and I haven't met the love of my life. And then I'm 24 and like, you know, I have the love of my life, but we're not married yet. And I don't have a house. <laughs> and now I'm 28 and I'm like, wait, we could take a chill pill because there's so many things I have developed in the last couple of years, but because of all of the work that I did in my early twenties. So, um, you know, 
in this last year, what I did really the big one was launch the podcast June 1st of 2020. And a little bit of background on that. I guess we can go back another year before that. In 2019, I started my business that I spoke about earlier and I got really busy. You know, I worked a full-time job Monday through Friday. I would bake Friday nights. And then on Saturday, I would deliver and I would bake in the morning. I would deliver. And then I would have to come back and wash the dishes in my small kitchen and do it all over again, you know, week in and week out. And with that, I kind of lost the touch of daily prayer. And so in October of 2019, I put on my Instagram that I was going to start a morning email chain. And I asked if anyone, if anyone wanted to be a part of that email chain, and I had about 30 people sign up. And then um, I would do that every single day, I would write an email, it's a quick three, four minute read. And with time, it started to pick up traction, and people really looked up to the emails. And I noticed if I didn't keep myself accountable and I would miss a day, then I would miss three days because who's mm. really reading? And that was the point of the podcast. I'm sorry. The point of the email at the time was to keep myself accountable. And so I realized if I wasn't, if I missed one day, I would miss three days because again, it became a habit to do that. And so in April, pandemic had just hit business was at a standstill because of the pandemic. And I was overwhelmed with all of the emotions that everyone was feeling in April of 2020. I decided to take the email chain and make it into an audio format to really, really keep myself accountable. Because at this point, it wasn't just an email with the 30 people. Now it was something that people can actually look up and see if I was actually committed to the mm -hmm. word that I had said I was going to do. So June 1st, I launched the podcast and it was a steam, it was a steam ball, like a, a snowball effect. So in June, I had maybe a couple hundred downloads for my friends and my family. Uh, in July, I started to pick up some traction, mainly friends and family. By October, the numbers like tripled. And uh, today I'm celebrating 240,000 downloads. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, thank That's you. That's incredible. Well, congratulations. That's so exciting to hear that you felt. Well, let me rephrase this because I was to say it's exciting to hear that you were sad and then pushed through, but I don't really mean that. <laughs> what I mean is exciting to hear someone who had some challenging moments in their earlier 20s and even some doubts about how things were progressing, and then to see where you're at now and celebrating those wins and victories. And I know from following you on Instagram, you're very big on celebrating wins and victories. And so that's a huge one, especially when you're able to look back and see some of the moments and barriers you had to push through in order to get where you're at now. It really deserves celebration. And that's awesome. And while you're talking, all I'm thinking is I, I want you to keep talking about the work that you had to do beforehand to get to this moment in your life right now, because you mentioned that once. And I think that's so special and so unique because a lot of times in your early twenties, I don't think you see as much progress as you hope just across the board in general, if you're in your twenties, 20 to 25, 
is a lot of work on what goes on the inside of you, what goes on in your mind. You know, I spent the month of May talking about mental health, fixing those kinds of things that are going on in your soul and your spirit. There's a lot of like internal work that needs to happen and also external, but you don't really get to see the progress. I feel like until later in your twenties. And that's kind of what you're saying is your story. So what, when you reference that you had to put in a lot of work before things really started to come together, what did that work exactly look like? What were you talking about in your situation that you had to do in your early 20s to see your success today be where it's at? Yeah, so my early 20s were interesting. Um, When I graduated high school, so now we're talking 18, and I went straight to college. My first year of college, my dad had a a narcotic addiction, and it completely... um, destroyed the family dynamic I'll Mm. say it point black because um, it is what propelled the work ethic or the drive that I had and it's because we came or I came from a family that was pretty much put together I had a really good family dynamic my mom made the primary you know she was the primary breadwinner but we still had a good dynamic and when my dad came out with the narcotic addiction and that kind of really shook up the family vibe um at that point it was a couple of hard years really really hard years watching someone that you loved and knew essentially deteriorate in front of your eyes Mm. so it was a couple of hard years of stepping in and being the older sibling that had to now care for and nurture my younger sisters So I have um, the middle child, so I'm the oldest sister, and the middle child is only a year younger than me, so she really did take up a lot of the brunt, um, as I did, but our younger sister was three years younger than Alexandra, so Amanda's four years younger than me, and she was in high school when this had happened, and we had to really shelter her from a lot of the ugly things that were happening at home, and at that that point, you know, really... I didn't want to be home. So in my early 20s, I, I worked like five different jobs. And in 2013, mm-hmm. let me think, I don't, I don't remember how old I was. I know I wasn't 21 yet because when I worked in the Disney college program, I wasn't 21. So I'll remember that. And I left, I went to Disney and I worked there for six months because I did not want to be home. I didn't want to deal with what was happening in the house. And so these things that I get to look back, um, I had to become or I had to grow up a lot faster than I ever imagined. But through the through that process, it really helped me gain an appreciation for all things. So I didn't see it then, but working for Disney is actually helping me today with customer service in my mm. business. Right. Um, stepping in and helping my sisters really helped me understand communication at a whole other level. And I need communication today and patience today. Let me think what else has happened in my early 20s. In my early 20s, I was in a sorority in um, college and I was really, really much uh, heavily involved in school campus. And I was doing all of the things that you can imagine, but juggling so many different um, activities, juggling your school grades, juggling all of that is what has helped me Um, with juggling what I'm doing today, right? So I have a podcast that airs every single day, Monday through Friday. 
I have my business that's now full time and I am still working part time just to help with the bills. So I wow. do have a lot going on, but it's something that I've been used to because of what happened in my early 20s. So I really set the foundation for the work ethic that I have today. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And it's so great whenever you can draw straight lines and connections to challenging moments in your life. And then the other side of it being breakthroughs and being accomplishments and victories. Because so many times we get caught up and bogged down in what is difficult. And, you know, when you're younger, it feels like it's going to last forever. That's one of the big things you got to learn in your 20s is it just won't. No matter how bad it is, and I mean, I'm talking as worse as life as can get, eventually there will be a brighter day. Eventually there'll be another side. Eventually you'll be able to push through. And yeah, things may be different forever, but they won't be bad forever. They won't be challenging forever. They won't be down in the dark forever. And so for you to be able to see those connections of the little things you had to jump into or the things that you tried in your early 20s, and seeing that connection to who you are today and all those different seeds that were there in your early 20s really flourishing now in a matter of success, it's awesome. And really, I hope someone is listening to this who's in their early 20s who may be going through a difficult situation with their family or who may have to juggle some responsibilities right now for the first time in their lives or is trying something different and unique and it may not be their lifelong passion, but they're trying a certain program temporarily push through, figure out how to make it work because you will look back at your early 20s when you're in your later 20s and you will say, oh, well, I picked up this skill from this random job that I worked. And oh, this was really challenging. But because I went through that, I am better equipped to handle what I'm doing today. And so if you're listening to this, you're in your early 20s, keep going, keep pushing through. Things do get better. And not only do they get better, everything you're doing now will eventually have some kind of effect later, good and bad. And so that's a really cool part of your story. And I kind of want to shift the conversation a little bit because you now have this bakery and actual storefront. I know you've been doing it for a while and that is your passion. You're also working a part-time job. So I kind of want to dig into that a little bit. And I just want to start by asking you, when did you figure out that this was a passion for you and when did you figure out how to really use that passion, monetize that passion, and chase it the way that you are now? So I started baking in high school. Um, I was in the, in the marching band in high school. So I've been involved for a long time in everything. And whenever I saw something, I wanted to dive straight into it. It's always just been my personality to do so. So in high school, I was in the marching band, and we had marching dues. And, uh, you know, in order to help my parents alleviate some of those fees, I started to bake cupcakes, take them to school, sell them for a dollar. So that's when the passion was ignited. I remember really liking the baking world in middle school. And I remember that my grandmother taught me everything that I know about the kitchen. So, and that was more like my grandmother passed when I was in the sixth grade. So that was early childhood, knowing that I love the kitchen, middle school, really liking the idea of baking. And then in high school, actually executing that. And I baked in high school and in college whenever I had an order come in and it was really like cakes and sugar cookies and things like that in college. So in my early 20s, I really started to understand the power of business and 
the entrepreneur spirit was ignited. And that came through different ventures and not just baking um, through maybe even like uh, different MLM ventures, different things that I learned in school. Like I mentioned in the Disney college program, I took business classes. So it was really something that I had an interest in. So going back to the passion, I always wanted a coffee shop or something that I can mass produce without me having to be there. So with a cake or with cookies, that is my artistic skill and more of a hobby. And it's not something that I can teach you how to do, but well, I can listen. Teach... You definitely can't teach me to do anything of <laughs> yeah, the sorts that you do. You could, you could try your best, but me specifically, you're going to get nowhere with those things, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but I can theoretically teach someone how yes, to make there you go. dough, right? Yes. So I can not me, teach but someone. someone how to make dough and how to roll into a cinnamon roll, which is why um, donut shops can be mass produced cookie shops can be mass produced right because it's a recipe you follow the recipe you make it you make it again and again whereas you know cake and and cookies those are art it's art and so the people who are really good at that that they're born with that talent um so in my my business mind was working and i if i want to do this why well, i can't be there my goal you start a business because you want the freedom that it gives you right? So your goal isn't to be 55 in carrying a bag of 50 pound flour. Um, so the goal is to produce something that's going to make your return and investment that's going to allow you to sustain that business and then maybe even pursue another venture. So sitting in the car one day, um, I was thinking and I really want I love donuts. It's like my favorite thing in the world. But it had been done and it already had been done well. So I didn't want to enter a market that someone was doing something already and they were doing a really good job about it. So at that point, I decided on cinnamon rolls and um, it's been a great idea. And again, I, I started the idea in 2019 and I did that for about half a year or so. And then when the pandemic hit, I had to stop and reevaluate. Um, during that time, everyone wanted to make sourdough bread I don't know if you remember it was like a yes. huge TikTok it was thing. a huge craze yeah and at the same time yeast was you just couldn't find yeast so I had to stop baking because I could not bake without yeast and the other things like my feet were hurting while standing for long periods of time so I had surgery and now I'm good now my feet are perfectly fine so um the reason why I restarted the business this year was because Uber gave me a call. Uber Eats gave me a call in March and they were like, hey, uh, a lot of people are looking for Sequoia and um, we want to know if you want to join the Uber Eats platform. And at that point, I was like, well, let me give you a call back. So I really thought about it and I said, I think now is the time because I'm, I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. I think now is the time to actually do this. I've been talking about it since... I was in middle school and I've been doing it since I was in high school. So the opportunity presented itself and I just took the leap. I mean, we all saw what 2020 was like and I didn't want to be stuck in something that I didn't want to be in. So working my desk job, although I love the digital marketing world, I knew I couldn't be an account manager for the rest of my life. So I decided to take the leap and I just, I did it. I love it. And I want to har harper in on 
now is the time. Because that is a phrase that I think people in their 20s should repeat to themselves constantly. Oh, I'll do it one day. That kind of mentality, it's not for your 20s because the one day turns into never. It just mm-hmm. does. You, you know that. It's, mm-hmm. Everyone knows that because it's like, oh, well, I'll start my diet Monday. And then Monday comes around and is like, oh, well, I already broke it. So maybe I'll start next Monday and next Monday. And I'll start my exercise plan in a year. And it never happens. And so to have that mentality, now is the time. Like you just said, I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a lot of things tying me down. Now is the time. And I think in your 20s, you really got to cultivate that and feed that spirit because it's going to drive you to do things that you're not going to be able to do as easily. Yes, is it possible to do? 100%. You see those stories all the time of people in their 40s and 50s mm-hmm. completely changing career paths or doing new things, but it's a lot more challenging. It's a lot easier now because now is the time. What is your 20s for? Well, now is the time to try something new. Now is the time to start a business. Now is the time to start a podcast. Now is the time to find someone that you're compatible with. Now is the time, not tomorrow, not next week, not the week after, now. And you really took that upon yourself and you had those different things that helped you along the way. But you said, all right, it's it's time. It's time for me to really step forward and take that leap of faith. But let me ask you, saying now is the time and getting all excited and hyped up and I'm going to start this. I'm going to do this. That's easy. The reality is a lot harder, even when you're in your twenties. So can I ask you, what were some of those roadblocks? What were some of those barriers? Maybe it was mental, some thoughts that you had, maybe some thoughts that you couldn't do it. Maybe it was financial. You didn't know how it would line up. What are some of the things that you had to push through as someone in their twenties, trying to start a business partnering with Uber Eats and trying to do a podcast and trying to do your desk job to make things work. Okay. So I think that uh, with everything in life, there are highs and lows. And I talk about it a lot on my podcast because so again, my podcast is a daily prayer and it's usually just like my daily prayer that I put for everyone else to pray along with me. And it's usually what I'm feeling that day. So a Mm. lot of my daily prayers over the last month have been, God, give me patience uh, or God, give me strength because the strength is what I've really been needing these days because it's hard. It's really hard. Um, There are days that I cry. The first week was probably like I got hit with, like I, I literally slammed into a brick wall because, you know, you imagine what it's gonna be like And you have this idea like, okay, I'm going to start this business. It's what I've always wanted to do. And then you start the business and you're there in the kitchen. And I was standing for, let's say, 11 hours. I don't remember what the day was. And it was so hard to come home and face the reality that this is my reality for the next many years. You know, um, if I go on any trips this year, it's because they were pre-planned prior to me just taking this, this leap of faith. But I can't plan any new trips. I can't because this is my new reality for a long time. And it was a hard reality to face. It was really hard to sit down and look at myself and say, okay, day in and day out, you're going to have to make this business work. You put everything on the line for it. Uh, Financially, you put everything on the line for it. I didn't think I was going to have the money to do it. Um, I didn't have the money to do it. I actually asked my friends and family 
uh, for help. And then after I did that, I took to social media and I was able to raise $12,000 to help with the upfront cost of moving mm -hmm. into a commercial kitchen. And that was amazing. And I, everybody knows how thankful I am for that because without that money, I wouldn't have been able to do it, but there are other ways to start a business. Um, you can always take out a loan or anything like that, but once you put your finances on the line, that's it. There's really no going back. Um, with my job, with my full-time job, they offered me, they told me, you know, you can stay part-time here as long as you need. And you know that you can always come back full-time, but my boss told me, don't take it. Like, just because I gave you that offer, don't use it as a crutch. Mm. And I really, I took those words and I really held on to them because it's so easy to find a crutch. It's so easy to say, well, you know, I, I have a safety net and you have to go at it in your twenties. Like there is no safety net. And because like, again, the time is now and what you were saying, you know, okay, I'm going to start my diet on Monday and then you're going to push it to another Monday. Well, the problem isn't that it's that you're looking to Monday. It's the problem is that you haven't taken on the identity of who you're trying to become. Mm. And so that's actually, I wrote a book. I forgot to mention that. That's actually what my book is about. And um, it's a 21 day devotional series about becoming the person you're called to be. And you're called to be first and foremost, uh, you know, a child of God. That's where your identity comes from, but your identity feeds your behavior. And so if you're a child of God, you're acting like a child of God. But if you're a child of God and you're also an entrepreneur, your behavior should be that of an entrepreneur. So mm -hmm. are you saving your money like an entrepreneur? If you're talking about health, well, then are you eating like a healthy person? You're not eating because you want to become healthy. You eat that way because you are healthy. So yeah. you have to look at the things that you're doing. And are you becoming that person because it's who you are, not because what you want to be? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just keep thinking this whole time. You are accomplishing a lot in a short period of time. I mean, your motor is really high. Your drive is really high. How? <laughs> I laugh at that question. This <laughs> is a simple question. How? Um, uh, simple question, but it's a hard answer because sometimes I don't know why or how. Sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I have to, but, but why? I really don't have to. Um, I don't think that, you know, you know, I take the podcast and it's a daily prayer. And I know, I know that there are so many people out there who have messaged me and talked to me. And I have um, a Facebook group now with the, the people who listen daily. And there are people who listen daily. There was a day that the Spotify was acting up and they didn't publish on time. And I had several messages like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm good. But there are people who are actually depending on these prayers and they're in all ages. You know, I had um, a 15 year old message me. And I also know that there is a nursing home somewhere in America that listens to my podcast every morning. So it's, it really speaks to a, a large range of ages. And I think that that has been my driver for the podcast, knowing mm. that these prayers are no longer just mine, but that there are other people who are praying with me. So that has been my drive there. So I think that there are, it's normal to have different drivers. At night, I, I, I record my podcast at night. So when it's late at night and I'm tired from the day, I think of those people. That's mm. what drives me to do the show. But then with my business, you know, I look at my bank account, <laughs> 
and I know my dream is to own a home and to get married and to have a family. And I think of those dreams and that's what gets me to work. So there are different drivers. A lot of it, I think, stems from my childhood. Like I had mentioned, I came from a really wholesome family. I had it all. I don't want to sound like if, you know, I was entitled because it wasn't like that, but I really was never, I, you know, the, the family was well off. I was never really restricted. That's the word. I was never really restricted from vacation. I wasn't restricted from clothing. I wasn't restricted from food. And I had pretty much everything that I needed to grow up. And uh, when that happened with my family, it was actually a snowball of different things. My house caught fire when I was in high school and I was homeless for a year. And that's really what started the ripple effect. And I think that um, that is what led to the addiction from my father because we were without a home for a year and it was the same year as the market crashed. Mm. So my mom, primary breadwinner, had lost her job. That's when we started to feel unstable. It was the first time in my life that I felt unstable. And then when my uncle passed away, which is what caused my dad to kind of spiral, that was another feeling of instability. So if anything, the drive maybe comes from not wanting to feel unstable, but or not wanting my kids to feel unstable in the future. I, I know that that really is the cause. Um, but I have to remind myself that my stability doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from um, my career. My stability comes from my relationship with Christ. And that is what I learned in my 20s. Yeah, that is incredible. And we're going to bring this conversation into a close. But as I think about what we've just talked about for the last 30 minutes or so, my big takeaways, because this conversation has been incredible for me. I feel like I'm learning a lot, not just about you and your story, but just in general, a different perspective of someone in their 20s. And the big things that are really resonating with me, and I think are going to resonate with the people who are listening, is one of the things that you said about you have to become that identity that you want to be. And you can't just say, I need to work out or I have to work out. It's I want to be a healthy person. And it's, it sounds like, it seems like you visualize a lot. And maybe I'm wrong, but from what you're talking, it sounds like you visualize the people who are listening to your podcast. You visualize that future family. You visualize out to see your success. And that's been, I think, one of the main things that's helped both drive you and helped you achieve the success that you have is that you've decided, okay, I'm going to work on my identity as a person, because if I get my identity right from there, things will be productive. If I could see myself as a podcaster with a million, you know, streams a week, then it'll happen because I'll have that drive. If I could see myself as someone who's enjoying their work, able to reproduce their work, able to monetize something they love, then I know it'll flow from that, but I have to become that before things happen. And so those are the big takeaways that I have from our conversation. And of course, one of the main ones is that you've had to push through some obstacles, some real challenges and difficulties to get where you are today, but you never quit. You never threw in the towel. You were open with the fact that you had nights that you were crying, that you wanted to give up, that you didn't think you could do it, but you pushed through. And now you're on this other side of your 20s, your back half of your 20s, the last couple of years. And you could look back and say, wow, I pushed through, I learned, I accomplished, I'm building, I'm working, I'm striving, I'm visualizing. And that's 
a real big credit to you. So I just want to thank you for sharing your story, for being open, for being honest. Is there anything else you want to share before we completely wrap it up? And with that, I will also ask you, please make sure to say exactly where you could find your podcast, where you could find the the buns, where you could find all of those things so that people know where to get it. Yeah, of course. So yes, I think that's the biggest takeaway and has been the biggest lesson of my life. It's that you need to become, you need to be someone like those words mean a lot more. And another day when we have an hour to talk, we can talk about those words, be someone. But uh, if you become the person that you've wanted to be, or you want to be, then there's nothing that's going to stop you because you've taken on that identity. So I am an entrepreneur and I am a podcaster, period, end of story. There's nothing else to it. And then the same, um, what you were saying, I've grown and I've learned because I'm going to tie it to what you said in the beginning. I only just learned to celebrate my wins. And that was after a lot of work. And I would actually, yeah, I would actually progress and people would say, that's great. And I would you know, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And it took me hitting a wall to say, wait a second, I need to celebrate the wins because if not, what am I working so hard for? So learn to celebrate when you actually hit checkpoints, because if not, if you're not actually check marking mm-hmm. off your to-do list or your bucket list, you're going to get to the end and you're going to say, well, what did I do it for? There was no point of celebratory like it's not about the end point it's about the journey or the steps there so learn to celebrate the little moments become the person that you want to be and really take on that that identity whatever you want to do health business um podcasting youtube whatever it is content creation career-wise um you want to become a lawyer you are a lawyer first and foremost Um, If you want to become a doctor, who are you? You are a studious person. You have to be the identity of someone who is going to achieve those things. So look at or look for people that you admire and where you want to be and take on their characteristics and you'll see that you'll get there. Absolutely. Okay. So the podcast, buns, where can we find them? (laughs) So my podcast is called My Morning Devotional. And you can actually find me on the top 50 chart on pod, on Spotify. Number 35 in the country. What? <laughs> so <laughs> top 50, it, it was a huge win for me. But yes, yeah. it's called My Morning Devotional. And then uh, my buns is called Sequoia, which actually comes from a Hillsong song. So if you listen to Seasons by Hillsong, it's the name of my business, Seed Sequoia. Um, I have big dreams. It's going to be a big tree. But it starts with small steps. And so Sequoia Baking Co. and My Morning Devotional, those are my two big ones. And then my book, if you are interested, it's called, it's literally called, Called to Grow. So the title of the book is Called to Grow. And it's a 21-day awesome. devotional series, and it walks you through becoming the person that you're supposed to be. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the 20s podcast. I appreciate it. This was a great conversation. And yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the 20s podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode or any other episode you have listened to, I'm going to go ahead and ask that you like, subscribe, and review. In fact, if you liked a certain episode so much, why don't you share it on social media and tell others about the 20s podcast? You can follow the podcast on Instagram 
at the20s underscore podcast. That's the20s underscore podcast, or rather the20s underscore podcast. Thank you again for listening, and I hope that you continue to tune in to the 20s podcast.